This feels more like a field goal game to me. I think this is kind of two uh, playoff teams headed uh, in a matchup here. So I'm also on Carolina. And that will be the first lesson on episode 12 of Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. And the lesson is about feelings. Whether it's your feelings, my feelings, and how they translate into reality, truth, and accuracy. Because today, whether it's in your personal or professional life, you do hear a lot of people talking about their opinions or what they believe to be true based on, well, I feel like this, or it feels this way. Listen, you just heard it. Take it from a degenerate gambler. Feelings are not always correct, not always accurate. In fact, they're wildly inaccurate at times because that field goal game was a 38-point blowout. Um, And what was also funny about that is I do try uh, very hard to kind of avoid all the noise throughout the week while I prepare for this podcast to put as much original thought and analysis of my own into it. So it's genuine. And as I was getting into the weekend routine and kind of watching some of the shows and going back and listening to some of the pods that I like, um, I started to hear Carolina was like the sexy pick of the week. Everyone, whether it was on, you know, uh, to cover the number and a lot of outright winners, I was like, oh no. And then, of course, me and the doctor in the Power Five. Now I was like, oh, this this doesn't feel as good as it did a few days ago. So, um, anyway, very interesting. It's just very kind of a sexy pick of the week and was just uh, obliterated. So, um, as always, we are going to kick it off with a uh, quick little cute recap of my college football DFS posts on fakepigskin.com. And then we're going to get to the pick segment with the doctor. We have a slightly shorter board of games here, but uh, we do have uh, plenty to go through and get to. So let's go. Right, and welcome in to the college football DFS recap. Uh, as you know, I always do two weekly posts on fakepigskin.com, one for the day slate, one for the night slate covering DraftKings uh, and all my other hot takes that I mix in there. And last week, uh, basically, went great. For the day, at least it did. Um, Probably my best week since I think week four or five when we had the Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase week. And essentially everything kind of just worked out really nicely. Um, Isaiah Spiller got all the touches and, and paid off with a nice stat line there. Got a touchdown. Jordan, or sorry, Jordan Cameron Scarlett. Uh, Stanford had, uh, I think, two or three touchdowns as well, but just a really nice productive stat line. Um, got into the 20s and DK points. 
And overall, just the running back coverage, I tried to mix in every single running back for the board that was relevant. And I thought that offered a lot of value because it just kind of went into those matchups where you go, hey, I don't think this is a week where you really want to mess around with like a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who is going to have this really steep price. And this is just the matchup where you go, nah, I'm not, not, not today, not interested. So um, stuff like that and just covering all the other players that were in tougher matchups and kind of going, I don't, I don't really think these are guys I want to screw around with this week in a sense. And really, even though there was 12 games on the board and a lot of options at that position, I think it really came down to maybe like a handful, maybe five or six guys that really I wanted to really focus on. And, and they all did really well, especially when I uh, talked about, and this wasn't like, you know, super, uh, it was relatively obvious, but Cam Akers, I think, was the better uh, expensive play, and uh, he had turned out to have a huge day. So um, if you focus in on those guys, I think you probably did pretty well. And that then led to the nice recovery in the quarterback position for me and my little uh, Devin Monster hangover with Max Duggan and the TCU Horned Frogs. And these uh, hookup with Jalen Rager, who I said, yep, that's going in all lineups. And it worked out. Duggan had a really nice game. I think he came away with, uh, I think, maybe 30-plus DK points. I don't have it right in front of me. But um, nice second half. Finished off with a rushing touchdown and uh, just really outperformed the price. So if you didn't play, you know, uh the Burroughs or the, the really chalky guys. And Jalen Hurts, you know, you almost feel like you got to play these guys sometimes to compete. If you didn't play them and you went with a Duggan, you could get away with building some really uh, good lineups with uh, stack receivers and running backs. So um, all my lineups came away with like 200 plus points. I cashed in all of them for the day, and that was that was really nice. And then night, not so much. Uh, Otis Anderson was fine but I think that was fairly straightforward to the point where a lot of people probably went that route and so it wasn't really helping you from a separation standpoint uh, and then I kind of just uh, missed with Brandon Ayuk for Arizona State he did not get the big uh, numbers in that game I think they went to uh, I can't think of the guy at the time but the other Arizona State receiver um, got the touchdown I forget his name right now but um, and then I kind of said I'm, I'm laying off Bama because of Matt Jones in there, and I just think it's the week where I'm gonna avoid them, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on this Kansas offense for one week, and uh, that turned out to be not the right thing to do. So uh, night did not go well, but um, the day, you know, that's the main slate that I play and probably invest a lot more in. So uh, overall, I was very happy with last week, and I think it's going to be somewhat of a similar week. Uh, is last week as far as the quarterbacks go because if you've been looking at all and you're playing around with the lineups or anything, you're seeing, hey, no Hurts, no Burrow, uh, no no Tua. Uh, Clemson is not even in a slate because they're playing Wofford. So your quarterback, and, and you don't really have to spend a ton of cash at a position where you typically have to invest a lot, maybe in order to even compete on some of these slates. So um, if you're like me, I love it because I typically will cut at that position. So um, look for that. It's 
gonna drop as always uh, some point Friday on fakepigskin.com. Let's switch gears now. The pig segment with the doctor starts now. It is week 10 of college football, week 9 of the NFL. As always, I'm joined by the doctor to cover the entire board. Dr. Howery. Doing well, Bob. Happy, happy Halloween. Wonderful <laughs> Halloween evening here. Fantastic. Yeah, it really is. Really, really excited. We're going to talk a little bit about Halloween during this slate. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you want to jump right into college here? Let's get it going. Okay. Well, um, last week I had a rough one. I was one and four, dropping me to 17, 19, one on the season. The doctor, win week of three and two, and now tied with me at 17, 19, one on the season, heading into, I think, maybe the worst board of college football so far this season agree or disagree agree yeah it's bad yeah. we've we've had some yeah we've had some subpar ones but this one i think without i think bama lsu and uh what's the other another team uh off but i mean clemson's playing wofford so hey let's jump into one of you know the other better teams in the nation now um, after last week, and that is the U of M Wolverines. Um, they are back. They got their big win against a top 10 team, and they are minus 21 now heading to uh, the nation's, near the nation's capital, Maryland. Uh, How would you like to go here? Well, first you have to hat tip to to the Wolves last weekend. They, they dominated Notre Dame on, on both sides of the ball. And like you said, a big, big top 10 win for, for Harbaugh. And um, I think many people see it as his I told you so moment with that, with that big W. And you know, they're on their way to a, a very strong, probably nine and three year, which is great for them. That's right where they should be. Um, and I think that uh, continues this week as they really try to cement themselves as a you know, top 20 football program again uh going against maryland here laying 21 points well there's not there's not much to say here michigan did dominate both sides of the ball last week i think they'll do the same here if you look at maryland's last five games one of them was Rutgers, which i think they won 52 to 7 so let's throw that out i have, last, I have to look at these games <laughs> yeah you have or have not i, I have yes yeah right so you know what i'm gonna say right penn state 59 maryland zero Purdue 40, Maryland 14, uh, Indiana 34, Maryland 28, so that was close, uh, Minnesota 52, Maryland 10. So uh, Maryland likes to get blown out, it, it seems, and as I mentioned, the Wolves are, are playing really well, and they are trying to cement themselves to be a, a consistent top 20 program in the nation. So I think that continues this week. I think they're going to roll them, and they're going to run it up on the Wolves minus 21. Yeah, you kind of said it all there. Um you know, that win against a what used to be a ranked Syracuse team earlier on the season for Maryland seems like a long time ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Wolves all the way. Minus 21 points. 
let's get on to um, the loser of last week's big ABC primetime game, which was the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And your boy, Paul Feinbaum, was this week going out there saying they need to buy out Brian Kelly and hire Herb. How hot of a take is that? We already have Herb going to USC, so he's not he's not available. <laughs> uh, yeah, super super hot take. Well, and also, couldn't you just simply say that for probably ninety five percent of the programs in college football? <laughs> so, hey, you should buy out your coach and hire Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah, like what, which ones aren't you so so Bama, Clemson, uh, maybe throw LSU in there right maybe, now? Maybe maybe. But, <laughs> but what other ones wouldn't you do that for? I guess Michigan probably would not, yeah. <laughs> but they I, should. I, I'm guessing Michigan State at this point would. I'm, not, I'm going to venture to guess. But um, uh, look, the Irish uh, minus a 17 and a half, a substantial number here at home um, to the Virginia Tech Hokies. And uh, where would you like to go here? Yeah, well, Notre Dame has been in this position a couple times in the last uh, five years where there's a lot of hype around uh, them making a playoff push and then uh, losing a tough one. So in 2014, they lost to FSU. And in, my, in 2017, they lost to Miami. And both years, the the wheels kind of fell off uh, for that team. I think they went 7-5 and five in 2014 and I think like 8-4 in 2017. So um, there's, a, there's a little bit of risk here for that. I, I think I see that happening again. Um, a little bit of fall off here. However, if you look at Vontech is five and two, their, their wins are Old Dominion, Furman, Rhode Island, uh, Miami, and then that weird win over UNC with that six overtime rule, which I was not aware of. Did you see that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Yes. Yeah, so I didn't know that. So point is, you know, Vontech really doesn't have a, a quality win on the board. Um, you know, saying all that, I think Notre Dame still wins the game, but I do think they're going to come out flat and this is not going to be a blowout it's going to be a struggle especially in the first half for them to get their get settled back in because they were embarrassed last week i mean that they they cannot be feeling good about themselves so i think Notre Dame wins but 17 and a half is a lot and i'm taking virginia tech plus 17 and a half okay i think we we're speaking the same language here i kind of looked at it this way where um like you talked about not super quality opponents so far for virginia tech uh, and they also they allowed to lesser quarterbacks of Miami and UNC. They allowed 563 total yards of offense to Miami, 491 to North Carolina. So I looked at it and went, Notre Dame, Vontek can't stop them. They're not going to be stopping these guys, I don't think, on offense. So it's just going to be about what Tech will do on offense and will they be able to put up enough points to kind of keep this thing uh, respectable. And I think... They may have a little something going with uh, Hendon Hooker, four-star uh, recruit that was also recruited by Notre Dame, Clemson and Oregon, to name a few others. And uh, he's now in his fourth start of the season, 3-0 under him. And I think he, he will be able to do enough um, to just keep them in it to where they're not completely getting uh, blown out and keep it on the tracks a little bit. So I'm going to take Virginia Tech and the Hokies as well to cover 17 and a half and that brings us to probably I don't know probably maybe the best game on the board of the day yeah I mean, it is yeah um and it's a game that 
I think is still referred to as the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. But and maybe it was last year or two years ago, there was you know groups of people trying to ban this name because it was uh, controversial, as you would understand, right? <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh no! So yeah. there was there was a group that was trying to have it become the River City Showdown, kind of like the Red River Shootout with Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah, they were trying to get rid of world's largest outdoor outdoor cocktail party because that was uh, too insensitive, or I'm not even sure what. But uh, get rid of that and name it the River City Showdown. Bob, it probably implied that there was drinking going on before college football games, and that upset some people. Yes, the cocktail party was probably saying that it, it was more likely that people would binge drink before the game, as if that's not happening in every campus uh, around the country before football games, regardless if it's called the cocktail party or not. So stupid. And it leads me to a question I want to start with for this game. And, Doctor, it is this. Which group of adults are bigger losers? <laughs> is it the people who try to get this name changed and altered to the River City Showdown. Uh, the other group of Twitter outrage people who made a McDonald's promotional campaign in Portugal band that was called Sunday, Bloody Sunday for ice cream Sundays. Or is it adults who wear costumes to work? On Halloween. Uh, definitely the last one. Jim, Jim Rome has has an, an amazing take and tweet on this. It's, it goes it goes something along the lines of one of my other buddies sent it to me today. It goes something along the lines of it doesn't matter if you're dressed as Peter Pan or a doctor or a magician. If you wear a costume to work, you're dressed as a loser. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, Yes. So, um, okay. I think I think we're on the same page there. I just wanted to make sure before we get into the analysis of uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, which is Georgia, Florida, every year played in Jacksonville, Georgia's minus six and a half. And the way I see this going is, I think that South Carolina loss and Kentucky games where Georgia. Uh, didn't really play that well. We're a little deceiving for a couple of reasons. The South Carolina loss, um, the total yards was 468-297 in that game. Georgia had four turnovers, including a pick six. That's really what the story of the game was. Um, and then the Kentucky in the first half was played in like hurricane-like conditions. Uh, and it was just crazy weather. And then when the second half had calmed down, they won the game 21-0 basically in the second half. So I think... What it's doing, it's actually creating some value here with Georgia, where I still put them in the upper echelon, you know, with, I think they're much closer to, if not in the same tier as, you know, Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma. And I do not believe that about Florida. So on a neutral field, uh, I don't think it's a big enough number. I'm on Georgia minus the six and a half to the doctor. Okay, so you got a bit of a, a, a wake-up game here for, for Georgia coming out and making the, making the statement. I, I'm with you. I don't put too much stock in the in the Kentucky game. That was a slop fest, and they, they did what they had to do on a night like that. Uh, South Carolina, yeah, they gave a lot of but they turned it over. Like, those were their turnovers. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going the other way on this. I'm going the Gators plus the six and a half. I, I think you've got a game here where you've got um, two offenses that are – 
that are struggling a bit, and then you've got two pretty good statistic de- statistically statistic defenses. That didn't make any sense, uh, <laughs> but that are good on paper. I, I might um, edit that just to help you out. Yeah, you might need to, uh, <laughs> but you won't. Um, but anyway, so so Florida's you know they've had some big matchups lately, right? So Trask is is four and one against a stretch of Tennessee, Auburn. There's Townsend was in there, but LSU and South Carolina. So he's kind of proven he, he can play against some of the some of the bigger programs. With they lost to LSU, that was a good game, and they, they beat Auburn. Um, you know, additionally, on the defensive side of the ball, Florida's returning uh, linebacker John Grenard and defensive lineman Jabari Zaninga, who are I think are going to be able to get to prom and get in some fits. So I think you know they'll sell out to the run. Uh, they'll get enough on the pass rush to slow from and the Georgia offense uh, down. Uh, so I'm going to go Florida plus the six and a half. You know, not to mention Florida is four and zero against the in their last four against the spread. So I'm going. I'm going Gators. Okay, um, you do that. Let's get to your USC Trojans. Um, uh, proud alum there, and uh, they are in the primetime game of the night. Uh, this is outside of the game we just talked about. This is really the the bigger game on the board. So um, Oregon. Lane four and a half in LA. Um, I think we both might come out on similar sides of the fence, but I'll let you go. Yeah, I think this is going to be fun to watch for for a while. Uh, but I'm going to reflect on last week's uh, USC game at Colorado and what Montez was able to do against the USCD, where. He threw for 324, three TVs, and also ran for 45. And let's be honest, he made that defense look look pretty silly. Um, right. So if Montez can do that, uh, Herbert is gonna is gonna have a field day out there. What's uh, a top five pick gonna do? <laughs> yeah, right. You know <laughs> exactly. He's got 21 TV passes, only one INT. He's completing 68 percent of his passes, and he's top 15 in, in efficiency rating. So as good as Slovis has been. Um, and I think he'll have some success in this game. The the run game for USC has has not has uh, been just really bad. And if you throw that against um, Ravaged by injuries, yeah. And if, you throw, if, you, if you throw that against the Ducks D of only allowing three point two yards per carry and one hundred one yards per game, not to mention uh, on the pass side of it, they got twenty three sacks and fourteen picks. I think it just spells trouble for USC in the end. And I, I think. Like I said, I think it'll be fun to watch for for a few quarters, but in the end, Oregon's going to be able to run the ball and force a couple turnovers, and they'll they'll cover the four and a half. Yeah, it almost because of the way you laid it out, and I agree. And I think also just like defensively, this team might be at the point of no return when it comes to injuries. And when you add on like the running back, they're down a true freshman running back, that Kristen Kristen kid, who is like all of like I think five nine, one hundred sixty pounds. Um, is talented, very very fast, but speed, uh, yeah, a lot of speed. But, but uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a different game here against um, an Oregon front. It screams trap to me, but I'm going, I'm falling right into the trap, uh, and I'm going Oregon as well. I think that Herb he might show up at halftime in full gladiator regalia, riding a horse, and he might just throw a spear right into Clay Helen at half and just take over the sidelines. So uh, yes, I am Oregon. Minus a four and a half as well. Let's get to the big boys on Sunday. It is week 
nine in the NFL in uh, let's set the stage as we do every week. We'll go with me last week, two and three in the power five, which was actually an improvement from the previous week, one and four, 18 and 22 overall in the year. Um, strangely enough, it was my best week overall. I was nine and five in the picks. It brought me to 54 and 59 on the season, slowly and surely crawling my way back to 500. Um, Doctor also two and three. It put you at 17 and 23 in the Power Five for the year. Also winning record overall at eight and six, and uh, one game ahead of me at 55 and 58. I can't believe through eight weeks it's actually that close in both the Power Five and overall. So kind of weird, but hey, uh, it is. We got we got we got to get better at those Power Five numbers. That's that's not good. It, well, it has by by season that must be over 500. Um, I, I and I think we haven't. Um, We've made reference to this a few times, but over the last two years, I did do this five games a week, every week, and I was uh, 57% over the last two seasons, and you were around, I think, a similar number, maybe higher. Um, so Yeah, my, mine was a little different. wasn't necessarily straight power five, but I was tracking, and I was uh, 50, like 9% two years ago and 54% last year. So, yeah, so, look, I think the point is you got to – you gotta get to 500. So, um, and that's that's what I plan on doing. You know, this week, of course. So, uh, last week, the favorites um, again could not scrounge out the win. They were seven and eight overall. It's brought overall them on the season to 52 and 69. Uh, home teams against the spread, six and eight. I don't think they've had a winning week this season. That now brings their record to 47 and 73. So just. If you bet on road teams again, you're 73 and 47 for the year. Just a crazy, uh, crazy trend. And then uh, home favorites five and seven, as you would imagine, without that road team set. 20, now the home favorites are 29 to 53 for the year. Home dogs were one and one last week, bringing them to 15 and 22 on the season. Substantial favorites, which we consider to be favorites, uh, greater than or equal to seven. Um, or more. They were three and three last week, 14 and 19 on the season. And then there were uh, no substantial favorites that were by seven or greater that lost last week. And there's been six of those total on the year. This week is a 14 game board. There are four teams total on buys. There is six home favorites, seven home dogs, one stupid London game. And uh, there is three favorites by seven or greater and we are picking 13 of those because we always exclude Thursday Night Football because it is ridiculous and I refuse to acknowledge it. So Sunday's board I think uh, Doctor here uh, there's like one one outstanding game that I've been waiting for um, for weeks and then there's mostly kind of close matchups with I would say some some rough quarterbacks out there um and it's just uh, it's kind of an ugly board, but um, but not in London, at least from the quarterback position. We have Deshaun Watson, who you know I love and I'm beginning to think is maybe the top three or four quarterback in the game against Jacksonville and, uh, you know, my Gardner. And Houston minus one and a half in London. Where do you come out here? Yeah, you mentioned we get the open Sunday with breakfast at Wembley. 
the free breakfast, the free breakfast I went to in the summer, buddy. Uh, anyway, we got a big time a- AFC South showdown there. Uh, in the first matchup, it was a close game. The Texans won uh, 13 to, to 12 in a real thriller. Um, so look, this game, um, I think statistically, the 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 run game kind of balances out on both sides of, sides of the ball. Um, so we kind of look at the pass game and. Saxonville might be back. They are now third <laughs> in the league with sacks, and uh, I think at 29. And so I think they're going to give uh, Deshaun Watson all he can handle this weekend. And then on the flip side, oddly enough, there's this trend with Houston that in odd weeks, they are just getting carved in passing yards. So in all the odd weeks, week one, three, five, seven, they've given up over 320 yards in each of those games and on the even weeks they're only giving up some weeks two four six and eight are only giving up like 250. so this is an odd week i'm gonna play that trend i think your gardener is gonna have a day i'm going jackson plus 1.5 and like i said i think he has a big day to carry the carry the day uh also jacksonville is five and zero against the spread against uh afc opponents and houston is one and four against the spread in their last five against afc south opponents so a little uh, ats trend data for those out there no that, that was pretty hot there that yeah. that odd that odd week trend was real hot so <laughs> yeah. um look i you know you kind of mentioned that first time they played this is uh, a rematch of that week two game where the jags lost on one of the worst two-point play calls i may have ever seen in my life yep sure and um and it really it could have had it could have yeah. you know if they, if they win that game and you know maybe call a different play obviously we don't know what play it would be but they would be five and three right now and with a real chance to separate from Houston in the division, um, if, if they were to. Yeah, no, that, yeah, sorry to interrupt. That's a good point. But I think when we were watching that two point conversion, you're watching that game. Well, this, oh, yeah, okay, it's not going to matter anyway. They didn't get a Jacksonville sucks, right? I think season's, season's over. Season's over. Season's over. Good, good point. I mean, if they if they convert that, they're in a much different position right now. Yeah, and so it brings me to uh, another cute question, Doctor, and that is. Which of the following is the poorest decision? Was it the aforementioned two-point call by Doug Marone? Was it the Bears GM Ryan Pace electing not to buy at the traded line for someone like Nick Foles or another quarterback to correct his uh, egregious error of Mitch Trubisky? Or is it an Adele voluntarily choosing to wear a costume and to work on Halloween? The last one. <laughs> the <adult America. laughs> I, I hope I hope we get to one where I can answer differently, but right now it's not even close. Well, we're gonna have a different one. You'll like it too. Um, okay. We'll have a couple different ones, but um, I actually think it's the Bears GM. I I, I cannot believe uh, we'll get to it later, but that thing is just broken right now, um, and I, I there's I don't think it's reparable. Anyway, um, you at Jacksonville, I get it. Um, I like the I like the trends about the Saxonville. They are they're hell uh, Calais Campbell, they're they're one of their big sad guys is a little banged up here. I think he's gonna play, but uh we'll see. But I you know I took Deshaun in my power five last week. It didn't work. And it's one of those things if I keep doing it, eventually it's just gonna work, right? So look, I'm I'm gonna stick by him. Uh you know, he's on this international stage. 
He's a superstar. He's going to get it done. So Houston minus one and a half for me. That gets us to back in the States in Buffalo. We're there at home minus nine and a half points to the Washington Redskins. And there was some confusing lines to me this week. I don't know if you felt that same way, but a few weeks ago when they played Miami, who is probably considered the other awful team in this league, you know, they're 17 point favorites or something like that. And now they're playing Washington who isn't any better. You could argue maybe they're worse. Uh, and Dwayne Haskins may be starting at quarterback. So, I don't know. I like to look at this. That, that seems like, a, what, now they're only nine and a half to Washington? So, um, I know the Bills uh, have not played well the last two weeks, but this is like a perfect get-right week. They still haven't traveled in like a month. And uh, I think it, at the very least, Carmel alone might be on – uh, working yeah. against the skins here with uh, this Trent story about Trent Williams. Terrible. And te- te- terrible story. It, it, yeah. it, it, absolutely. And what are some of these teams doing like Washington where why are you not trading people at this deadline? What are you, what are you doing? Like They're like, we're standing pat. And it's like, you're you're going nowhere. You, you just fired your head coach. You're, you're in complete rebuild mode. What You need to deal everybody. Deal anyone get draft picks, whatever. But anyway, so I think uh, there's a lot we're in against them uh, in the Cosmos. And I am on Buffalo minus nine and a half. I'll let you go, Doctor. Yeah, before we get into that, you're talking about bad ownership and not making deals. Uh, I think your fantasy football team is kind of in the same boat. And uh, I think some people reached out to you to make deals this week and, and you are refusing to deal some people. So I just thought I'd throw that out there as you, if you throw criticism at, at I was gonna- in Washington. Uh, you know, That'll be brought up in a later comparison. But, oh, okay. good! I can't wait for that. Good. <laughs> well, look, it's it's no secret Washington stinks. It's, it's kind of how how bad do they do they stink? And on both sides of the ball, it's it's not good, right? They can't score. They haven't broke twenty in six games. They haven't broke ten in four of the last five. And then you throw out Haskins out there. He's thrown twenty two passes in the NFL. You know how many of them have been picked off? Um, it's like four or five. It's four, and that's that's yeah. not good, and that's not going to go well against a, a defense like Buffalo. So, and then the Washington D is giving up 24, 24 and a half points per game, a bunch of yards. They're in the you know bottom twenties and all the stats. So there's there's no case here for Washington. It's it's Buffalo minus nine and a half. Yeah, um, it was my take earlier on. Like I don't think I said it on this podcast, but I've said it in other private conversations and possibly written it that Dwayne Haskins uh, I like him as much as any QB in this draft was that is that is it time to be concerned about that or no is it way too early it's, it's still it's still too early let's give him some time alright sorry I'm still good still good take. You're, still, you're, you're still okay for now I won't, I won't jump on you for that still a hot take alright great um, let's go to Kansas City uh, with the Chiefs coming off that SNF lost to the pack and really you know played pretty well without Mahomes and played an inspired brand of football just had a really dumb turnover to kind of lose the game there at the end they're at home against Minnesota the line right now uh with Mahomes questionable is Kansas City minus two that is what we're going with so um I'll let you go here yeah here you've got uh even with Mahomes questionable, what I'm showing is 90% of the of the bets are still on on Kansas City. So, is right that away that serious? Yeah, no, I don't know how much action that 
takes in the, the site I got it from is I I couldn't like dig deeper to see what's really going on there. But yeah, it was a, it was it was ninety plus percent on KC. So uh, right away I'm thinking Minnesota. But then when I you know when I also look at it from a from a football perspective, right? Kansas City just can't stop anybody. Um, no. And, and Minnesota's offense has been really good over the last uh, four weeks. They have four straight wins. You've got Cousins playing at a super high level. Um, Cook is the league's leading rusher. Um, so, you know, their offense, I think, can control this game. So even if you get Mahomes out there, and right. he's still going to be a little dinged. He's not going to be healthy, so he's not going to be as effective. He's not going to get as many chances, right? And I think Minnesota's defense is you know, pretty good statistically. They're, they're eighth in sacks, fourth in um, uh, yards per attempt here on rushing. And so, I mean, they're doing all the right things. They can control the game and. I, I think it's Minnesota plus two, and this challenges your. Well, I guess it's a question for you. Do you think right now is Kansas City a good team? I would say yes. Um, this is going to challenge that for for you, uh, me taking Minnesota plus two. So I'm lo- looking forward to hearing your pick here. Yeah, I think if you want to catch Kansas City, it's do you want to catch them right now? I mean, <laughs> they don't probably they don't have Mahomes. Even if they do, is he the same player? He certainly hasn't been. So. No, I, I don't think they're a very good team right now. Um, they did make some adjustments defensively over the last couple of weeks where they've started really trying to dial up the pressure. They've gotten 14 sacks. Um, they got five on air 12, which is, you know, so- solid number. Uh, the only problem is that his pass rating was still 129, and they allowed AJ33 to uh, average over 11 yards per touch. Aaron Jones had 226 total yards. So... Like you were talking about with the defense, it, it, no matter what they try to do, this the personnel isn't there. Uh, they just it, – it's a situation they it, it can't be corrected in the, during the season with who they have. It's just not going to be able to. And you talked about Cousins, and you got to kind of give them credit. The only thing that's really missing from this Minnesota team was kind of quarterback play and having somewhat like kind of an edge against, you know, good teams or even just like playing consistently high level week to week. They're doing that right now. Um, so, yeah, I just think this is a great week to catch Kansas City. Minnesota has a long layoff. They were on TNF last week. So uh, I think they stay hot and make it five in a row. Minnesota plus a two. Speaking of TNF, I just need to jump in here real quick. I, I would like to formally apologize to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I've, been, I've been all over them all year, and they just continue to to prove that they are a, a good football team that are doing it right now up 21-7. So uh, I, need, I need to throw that out there right now. An apology to the Niners. Committee owes a apology. Committee owes an apology. I gave it. Dr. gave it. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I, was, I liked them early on, but I think after last week, and this is part of the open that you haven't heard yet, but uh, I, I talk about that Carolina pick last week, and uh, I'll tell you right now, it was funny. I started to listen to more like shows on the weekend after kind of we did our thing to see like what other people were saying and carolina was just the pick of the week like, i mean when i started to listen to more stuff i was like this isn't feel good anymore <laughs> I was like, this, is, yeah. <laughs> this is bad because <laughs> a lot of people were like oh they're gonna win the game outright i was like oh my god there are so many hot takes about this carolina team right now this is terrible so anyway uh you'll hear that but let's go to the jets at Miami, the Jets are minus three. We have the Ypsilanti, Michigan native and MSU alum, Adam Gase's revenge game coming up for the Jets head coach. Um, and uh, you may have or may have not seen, uh, you know, the trade deadline was this past weekend. 
Jets, you know, young star safety was not very uh, pleased that his name was being floated out there in trade rumors. And his uh, quote was, uh, I hold myself at a high level. The Rams don't take calls on Aaron Donald. The Patriots don't take calls on Tom Brady. That's where I hold myself in that regard on that. Um, that is pretty hot. So um, I, I think maybe as a weekly question, I like to pose now, who is more delusional? Is it Jamal Adams? Is it everyone who picked the Panthers pick of the week last week? <laughs> or is it is it Mark D'Antonio after the Penn State loss saying it's hard to win when you turn the ball over against Penn State? Well, I thought the third choice was going to be adults that say it's cool to wear costumes uh, <laughs> to work on Halloween, and, I, and I'd like to, I'd like to choose uh, that. You'd one. Like, <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to go other on this and, and throw that in there. Uh, you got yeah, one. Well, the Antonio statement is factually correct, right? He said it's hard to beat Penn State when you turn the ball over. That's a that's a factually correct statement. That's not necessarily sure. That's sure. not necessarily delusional. Uh, sure. It's this guy from the Jets. I, I already forgot his name, but it's Jamal Adams. It's him, one hundred percent. All right, it's D'Antonio. Um, and, uh, no, D'Antonio's uh, stating facts. Well, there's a lot more things that happen besides turn the ball over. It doesn't matter. Um, so hard it's, to win. It's, yes, thank you. Uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for that one. Uh, and Jamal, <laughs> Jamal Adams, uh, and he is, look, he's a very good player. He really is one of the best safeties in football already. He's an all-pro in a second year. He's very good, but it's comical to say after you're – after being three or I think it's his fourth year in the league that, uh, you know, how dare you put me in trade rumors? It's like, Hey, you're on the jets. They're terrible. So, um, yeah, look, I think right here, uh, everyone talked about kind of Miami last week. And I, I, I put Pittsburgh in the power five, uh, at home. They were laying a big number. It was maybe a little, uh, maybe a little bit, uh, soon for that with Pittsburgh, but look, they still, Miami had, 230 yards of total offense and they gave up 394 to Pittsburgh and had four turnovers in that game they basically look Pittsburgh they slept walk through the first half and they just clearly did not take the game seriously for it took them lightly coming out so like Jets had to win this game they just have more high caliber like NFL actual NFL caliber stars on their team it's just minus three I'll let you go yeah, uh, I got something a little special here for you. I'll, I'll give some stats, and then we're going to do something fun. Uh, so the ATS stats would favor the Jets. The favorite in this matchup is 5-2-1 the last eight, and the Jets are 11-4-1 uh, against the spread in the last 16 in Miami. But this game sucks. Both teams suck. It's Halloween. We're going to turn to the Magic 8-ball here for, for our selection. Wow. We're going to go ahead with the Magic 8-ball pick. Um and I'm going to ask the Magic 8-Ball if wow. the New York Jets will cover three points against the Miami Dolphins. And here we go. Here we go. As I see it, yes. So that is the Jets will cover the three. The Magic 8-Ball has spoken. N-Y-J minus three. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Wow. Dr. Lady Nante for Halloween. I just I love it. I love, love the festivities. Um, <laughs> All right, 
let's get ahead to one of a more intriguing matchup, we'll just call it. Uh, Philadelphia at home, minus five points to kind of a team I alluded to earlier that I think is broken. And their, their season's over after that horrific loss at home to San Diego. And look, I just think that's three in a row for the Bears. Two at home that were very uh, ugly losses. And just to add to it, this week, the Bears coaching staff had Mitch Trubisky watch the television copy of the game with no sound because of all the boos that were going on and how at home to see how the teammates, to see his own teammates, to watch how they were seeing him during the game. That is uh, where we're at with what was supposed to be uh, a playoff team that's not a Super Bowl contender. So, um, yeah, so look, uh, Philly, they just kind of got right in their uh, nice win at Buffalo. They're looking healthier than they've been all year. So, Doctor, why does that five seem too low? Hmm. How many people are throwing Philly in a teaser this week? Um, I mean, is Philly is Philly plus one? Is that something you might be interested in? <laughs> are you yes. kidding? <laughs> yes. So, I'm going the Bears. With the five points, I'll let you respond. Yeah, um, interesting. Yes, the teaser. This is teaser special for sure. But only sixty percent of the plays, as I see it, are on are on Philly right now. So it's not really that lopsided. Um, look, uh, Matt Nagy came out with the quote last week in a pretty contentious press around that field goal, where he said, uh, "We put zero thought of running the football and zero thought of passing the football." Um, as he referenced the plays leading up to the missed field goal after his kicker had already missed one there. I'm not going to harp on that decision. It's fine. But based on the zero thought, I put zero thought into taking Chicago this week. <laughs> they are so inept. They're terrible. And as you mentioned, Philadelphia just dismantled that Buffalo D. So we know Chicago's offense just can't do anything. They're relying on their defense. Philly's gotten right. And it, it is Philly. Philly minus five all the way here. There's, there's no trick here. There's no trap. Uh, it's just going to happen. It's going to be an ass kicking, and then you can bury the Bears for the year. Well, I already buried them. I, I, I still think their defense still played really well in that game, and had their they had in so many positions to score, like so many short fields, and the Bears got in the red zone so many times. They just can't execute and score. And Mitch is just he he just stinks. Five red zone trips, right? I think it was five. Oh, it, they were getting booed off the field. That it was terrible. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think they can still play good and keep them in games. But look, they have to win games, 17, 13. There's nothing else they can do. So we'll see. I think there's just – I think five points is just enough for them to cover and, like, self-destruct in some way. It's, it's kind of like Michigan State uh, with their defense in college. You know, it's just – it's kind of like this offense has broken this team. So, all right, let's get to – Pittsburgh. They are at home in an AFC showdown against the Colts. Indy on the road, minus one point. I'll let you take this one to start. Pittsburgh has found a way to keep their season alive. It's pretty pretty crazy to think about. Um, I know their wins 
or against uh, Cincinnati and the Chargers in Miami. Uh, not great teams, but, but they got the wins. And then their losses of the four, they've had three close ones to Seattle. Should, should have beat two. Baltimore. Yeah, should have beat, yeah, should have beat Baltimore. That one was by three in overtime. And then they only lost to the Niners by four. Pitt has has found something, um, you know. Rudolph, Schuster, Connor. Is Con- I don't know if Connor's going to go this week or not. I think, that, I think he's doubtful. But um, yeah, no, I. I, but, I but still, they 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 found something here on offense. Defense is playing okay. The uh, they're only giving up three point seven yards per rushing attempt, which has them near the top of the league. Uh, and I think we know that Indy likes to run the ball. So I think Pitt does enough to stop the run game, forces Brissett to throw a little more than, than he wants to. I mean, he's his stats put him in like 20 to 25 QB ranking. So I'm I'm going to go Pitt here, plus one. They get to four and four. Tomlin's got a little something brewing, and, and they might make a playoff push here towards the end of the year. Yeah, it's crazy to say playoff, but I think in the AFC, nine and seven is going to get the job done, and you will be – right in there thick of things for a wild card spot so um and i i agree they're they're keeping it together uh and it's mostly because of the defense you mentioned that a little bit but they've quietly been one of the best in the nfl outside of 49ers and the pats they're they're right there yeah. and after that acquisition of minka fitzpatrick uh strong safety from the dolphins it's just it's been even better so uh i'm on pittsburgh too quentin nelson uh one of the best offensive linemen in football. He's up in the air for the Colts. So is T.Y. Hilton, banged up. Uh, both starting corners are also banged up for the Colts. And he kind of have been banged up all year. So I feel like even these guys are playing, they're, they're uh, certainly nowhere near 100%. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh, and I'll take the one point at home as well. Uh, and what should be kind of a I – think, I think it's one of the better matchups overall on the board. So let's go to – Carolina, the the sexy power five pick of last week. Everyone wanted them. Everyone wanted the Panthers. They're at home minus three and a half points to the rejuvenated Tannehill, Tennessee Titans. Is is Tannehill back? So I think we thought, I mean, I was, I, there was definitely a drastic difference a couple weeks ago to the Tennessee offense. I mean, that's no, there's no question he's better than Mariota. That's the right call I had in there. However, last week, it was a little deceiving. You just look at the score and look at the stats, like his stat line. Um, total offense for Tennessee, 246 yards against a pretty one of the weaker defenses in the league. Two of their three offensive touchdown drives were 10 and 6 yards because Crab Legs can't stop turning the ball over in his own territory. Uh, in four total turnovers. Uh, gosh, so um, I, Titans have a their, their center is highly questionable, Ben Jones, and so is maybe their best player on their team, Jarrell Case, and their defensive line. I think the Panthers do bounce back. I, I look at that Niners game as I think what we're seeing is that it has way, too, way more to do with the 49ers than it had to do with the Panthers. I, I The 49ers are playing as we speak right now on Thursday Night Football, so we're not really going to get to talk about them in depth, but I guess before we even pick this game, I'm picking Carolina to bounce back, but before you do your pick, I want you to answer this question. Moving forward, do we just need to start treating 
the Niners like we treated maybe like the Rams a year or two ago or the Patriots? Do we just is it now just hey if they're taking the win by double digits against anyone that's not elite? Is it just time to do that? <sighs> yes, it is. Okay, and, and, and you and you know it has taken me uh, a while to get here, but okay. I'm. I'm sold. So for listeners, you might want to fade. Um, <laughs> let's, not much you to say after last week, let's, right? I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, let's, I'd ride him. I'd ride him out. And the thing I would bring about last week a little bit too is there was like a little, like a, a sliver of hope in the second half where Carolina started out, you know, kind of fighting back, got their safety and got a touchdown and made a two score game just like that. It was like, all right, hey, Niners, it, you know, it was kind of like uh, they're kind of letting their foot off the gas pedal. Carolina could carry it back in this thing, maybe get another score, and this is a game again. And they just went on and blew their doors off again in the second half. And it was like, man, I just, there's there's nothing you can say at this point. So, yeah, look, I think you do start treating that way, frankly. I, I thought that maybe a few weeks ago, but then I was like, oh, I want Carolina to win. All right, so, uh I'll let you make the Tennessee Carolina pick out. <laughs> yeah, I think you've said that everything that needs to be said related to the game. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm Carolina minus three and a half and a big bounce back. One, uh, a couple of interesting tidbits here. Brable, head coach Tennessee, has yet to lose to an NFC team. And Riverboat Ron is 9-1 and one against AFC South teams. So something for all the listeners to consider. Something's got to give here. But, and I think it's I think it's Carolina. But I think I think you're right. They they bounce back and the Titans offense. Uh, I think we know what we're getting from them, and it isn't much. So you're asking a lot from this Titans defense, and I don't think Carolina's gonna gonna lay an egg again this week. Yeah, were you surprised at all by this line by three and a half? I was a little bit. Um, yeah, you think it would be a little higher? I I thought it would be around five or six. To be honest, five or six. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. Okay. Um, let's get to something we've all been waiting for and we, we now move from the one o'clock to the afternoon games and the first one we're going to talk about is a four or five one of the first games on the slate our detroit lions heading to oakland coming off that amazing win over the giants and uh the defense that everyone just gets a piece of no matter what they head to oakland oakland minus two points Doctor, where are you at with the Lions here? I'd like to open it with a question for you, Bob. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, these, there's, there's three things that a lot of people have talked about. Right now in our area, we've got a lot of people talking about Detroit making the playoffs. You're talking about Oakland getting to seven wins. And there's a lot of impeachment talk. It was so six, think, six or seven wins. Six yeah, or seven I'm wins. saying seven. They're going to exceed six, get to seven. I'm giving you seven. Okay. And so that's being talked about by you a lot. And then, of course, on Twitter and in politics, there's a lot of impeachment talk. So what do you think is most likely to happen? The Lions make the playoffs, your Oakland Raiders get to seven, or DJT gets impeached? Uh, if I follow the political thing uh, is closer, um, I might have a better... Yeah, so they follow me there. I don't just read the headline, man. But they say, they say, but no, but I, I'm serious. They say impeachment inquiry. Like, I don't even know. I don't. Okay, well, look, look, it's Oakland getting seven wins is the point, all right? <laughs> that's, what, that's what you need. You you hesitated, though. You don't know if you believe it anymore. You don't know no. if you believe. 
Well, I'll tell you what they're getting right now. They're getting one of them this week. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and here's what I want to ask another question, a more serious one. Over the last six weeks, NFL passer rating, oh, who are oh, the top two quarterbacks <laughs> in the league? NFL passer rating. I don't put a whole lot in the rate, but whatever. It's a stat. People track it. Who are the top two? Over the last two weeks? Six weeks. Six weeks. Also, oh, don't tell me Daniel Jones is one of them. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's. It's. I mean, it's like Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's gonna be Everett led Detroit, okay. right? So, so not, no, no, you're you're right on the first one. Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers. No. Okay. Start the car. Start the car. Wow. Yeah. 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 Story. Wow. No, I mean, story. He, he's second. He's, he's not been one ten. Yeah, one ten. I think it is. That's so. Yeah, he's he's second in the last six weeks. Which it was shocking to me, right? I figured Cousins would be one or close, but he's he's second. Um, so anyway, um, I, yeah, I, I think Carr's playing well. Um, the you know, Lions' offense is going to get theirs. They're, they're going to score some points um, because the Raiders' D is so bad. But I, I just think overall that um, Raiders have have a better ability to run the ball, and then with the balance of Carr um, playing pretty well. Uh, the, Oh, Oakland minus two is the play here. There's no way Detroit goes out there and gets this W. Yeah, you know, look, they need to keep the pressure on KC in the AFC West. That's just they need this game. So, um, hey, are you going to – would you like to maybe – I don't know about apologize, but would you maybe like to qualify some previous statements on staff at all at this point or no? Well, what I find funny is so so he's, he's playing well, right? He's, he's playing well. well. So I was in some text, I was in some group text, and some people started throwing MVP, like staff needs to be in the MVP discussion. That's yeah. outrageous. Well, I, and I would just ask the question back, would you put Kirk Cousins in well, the, you, if in you, the if MVP you, race? I got, I got no response, because nobody wants to do that because of how bad he is at certain points, and staff is the same way. Like, it, it's just, it's the they're same They're the same guy. Yeah, right, exactly, they're the same guy, so that was the point. Like. If you're going to put him in it, you got to put Cousins in it, and nobody in the right mind would put Cousins in the MVP race. And he's got more wins. He's 6-2. and two. Right, his team's <laughs> better. His team, I mean, his team's oh. better in general. But, but yeah, look, I no, I, it, I would just say, he has played well this year. He's played, I think, to the level that he should be playing. Um, and so, yeah, that's whatever. Uh, good for him. Team still sucks. Yeah. Franchise sucks. Um, they're, they're losing to my Raiders. Uh, we both got Oakland minus two. Let's get to the rainforest where Seattle is minus six to Crab Legs and the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is another line that just looks small to me. Uh, and what about that teaser effect, Doctor? Hey, would you, hey, Philly plus one, <laughs> Seattle to pick. Is that something you might be interested in? Very. Very interesting. So I, I'm sorry. I just look at this game like that. Like, how many people are calling that one in, or, or just calling any teaser with Seattle? In it? And I, I thought this line honestly would be around ten when I was just well, looking at the matchup. Only, only you know the side I go to. Only fifty five percent of the public bets are on Seattle at minus six. So it's pretty, pretty level there. Okay. Well, look. The only angle I have, and I think, I think it's actually a. I think it's actually a fairly legit angle once I started to look a little bit deeper into this matchup is the schedule angle for Seattle. And essentially, they did what they needed to do. They bounced back and got their 
and went on the road at Atlanta. And now basically they got this home scrimmage with with crab legs before essentially what will be a divisional championship game next week on Monday Night Football at San Francisco. If you really think about this, San Francisco is going to be undefeated. They're up, I think, 14 points as we speak on Arizona. They're going to get to, I think, 7 or 8 No, Seattle has two or three losses. Um, there's no way if they lose that game, they can win that division. It's, it's, it, they're going to be now at least three games behind San Fran. It's just an insurmountable lead at this point in the season. We're, we are at uh, just we're at the midpoint of the season or maybe even a week ahead. So, um, yeah, I think this is a classic caught-looking-ahead moment for Seattle. Tampa plus six is my pick. Go ahead. Yeah, I you're way off on, on this one. I, I mean, <laughs> the only good thing Tampa has going for it is their run defense, right? I think if you look at stats, yeah. they're, they're sure. fantastic. But they're, all, they're basically dead last and pasty. So you've got a Seattle offense that can really beat you both ways. They're pretty balanced and they're like top 15 in both you know, rushing and passing. So they, they can handle they can handle the beat. Then you toss in Crab Labs, which you've already mentioned. Uh, the guy is a turnover machine. Like he, that's all he does is turn the ball over and you know Seattle's going to force some turnovers. I think they're fifth in the league. This is going to be a disaster for Tampa. Crab Labs is definitely a pick six coming this week. I mean, that's almost a guarantee. This is a game so, where, where PD's chomping up and down, and they're just making crazy plays, and, and Crab is just just giving it to him. Just, just handing the ball to him, fumbles, picks, you name it, he's going to do it. It's going to be a disaster. So then what? Then, Doctor, because I, I agree with everything you're saying. Why is the line six? Well, I, I, should, I don't know. This should be double digits. This should, this should be oh. nine and a half, ten points. Then... Hey, that's that's your take. That's your hot take. It's it's, it's smoking hot. So um, okay, you you are going with Seattle uh, minus six points. Um, yeah, I'm I'm running my uh, schedule angle out there. Tampa. Speaking of looking ahead, everyone should probably look ahead past this game yeah. as it is next, which is uh, the Cleveland Browns at Denver, who. Uh, <laughs> has having some issues. Um, Cleveland's minus three and a half. Denver now has Brandon Allen starting at quarterback. He is a former Arkansas Razorback. He was a six-round pick in 2016, uh, I think by Jacksonville Jaguars, and spent some time in St. Louis before now uh, being the backup here in Denver. And essentially, uh, I'm sure you're aware of this, Joe Flacco's post-game comments last week. Did you see those? I did not. So he, he essentially called out the coaching staff about why are you not being more aggressive at the end of the game. I mean, I, I mean Joe Flacco, who never says anything about anything, went in hard about why are we playing for a field goal? We're a 2-6 and six team. Like, we're not playing to win. It doesn't make any sense. I just, I don't, I don't like that mentality. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, like, very candid. Very straightforward. And they basically just put the hit on this guy. I don't believe for a second that he's injured. There was no talk about him being injured at that game. <laughs> and, and so they, they just said, you're out. And they're just making an example of this guy. And now we have Brandon Allen here. So I want to start this with a question. 
I think this is the last question I have at this point. What public comments have backfired more this year? Has it been Joe Flacco's aforementioned comments about uh, criticizing the coach staff? Was it Baker Mayfield in the offseason saying that people want us to lose because the hype is so real? Or was it Mark D'Antonio proclaiming that he is a, a foxhole guy and won't apologize for it? And I'm going to reshuffle the deck chairs of the offensive coaches have. Which of those three backfired the most? It's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> well, I like to think about it. I like to put a little thought into it. It's a good one, isn't it? It, re- it requires it's, a deep It's thought. rich. It's, it's Baker. Um, okay. The D'Antonio thing, I don't <laughs> know that, but, like, <laughs> I don't know if the expectations changed a ton. Right? Okay. So, I don't know okay. if it backfired. He just said, I'm going to reshuffle him. That, that's it. Like, that's what he did. I don't know that we thought. So I don't know okay, so, so maybe that de- maybe that decision backfired more. Maybe that. Maybe that. Yeah, I, I don't. It's Baker. I'm not going to throw Baker very much. And speaking of the, speaking of the Browns hype, it's dead, right? It's over. The Browns hype is done. They are in disarray. They are scrambling. Um, and I love it. Von Miller said he is hoping for the Denver Broncos Gardner Minshew moment with Brandon Allen. So I think there's some hype there for Denver. I think they're gonna they're gonna come to play this week. I just I really think it's it's over for for the Browns and that's set in this week. And I'm going I'm going Broncos here. No, I can't I, I can't do it. Brandon Allen. I mean Cleveland has to win this game. This is like the Jets at Miami. Like just come on. Like they're not gonna lose this game. This guy's I don't I don't even mean NFL star. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Miami's Clear the minus three and a half, whatever. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, yeah, good for you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's head to an actual NFL game, I think. Um, yeah. Green Bay. Uh, now at uh, six and one, I think, maybe. Uh, well, anyway, I think they have one loss of the year. Minus three and a half, and they are going to LA to take on the Chargers coming off that big win in Chicago to, you know, fraudulently keep their season alive, but it's over. So anyway, uh, you you go ahead, uh, I'll let you go. So Packers are 7-1, by the way. Okay. Uh, I, I have a question for you. The Chargers yeah. have, over the last four games, have not exceeded 40 rush yards. Yep. This is the first team since, give me a year this has happened, and the team it was. What is the year the Lions went when they went on succeed? Uh, two thousand and eight. That's my year. Lions. So it's actually nineteen forty six. But it is the Detroit Lions, which is <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> which is amazing. So look, it the never ends. The Chargers can't run the ball. They can barely pass the ball. They they stink. Like you said, they hung on for another week to keep some hope alive. Green Bay's been firing all cylinders. Right? Aaron 12, two straight with over 300 and no picks. Um, the running game is coming alive. They've rushed for over 115 in three of the last four. Um, so they're, they're feeling it. 
Um, also, Green Bay is one of three teams that Rivers has never beaten in the NFL. I don't know the other two. I probably should look those up and ask you that. But anyway, it's not going to change this week. It's not being Green Bay. Green Bay minus three and a half. All right. Um, well, that's kind of a wild stat. Rivers has been around for a long time. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know that saying how they say defense travels, Doctor? Yes. We've, we've talked about that many times. You know what else travels? AR-12. Cheeseheads travel. This Packer fan base is going to invade that Charger Stadium. I don't even know what it's called, but it's going to be a, a, a quasi home game for the Packers. And it, it's just going to be so awkward when they're up 21-3. And, the, and the, the, they're going to be just off the chain of that stadium. It's going to be hilarious. So, yeah, Packers minus three and a half. Adams is back. It's just, this is nothing. So, yeah. Back, back, back. Back, back. back. Uh, and then I, I get to, uh, that takes us off the day games, and we're headed to SNF. And I love this game. I've been looking forward to this game for weeks, as we've kind of seen Lamar Jackson uh, form in, in their new offense. It's the Patriots at Baltimore. Patriots are minus three and a half and i want to talk a little bit about this lamar jackson running game that they have going and kind of as i'm talking about this i want you to think is this really sustainable uh, and, and that's where i'm going with this so the number i have is so far through i think their first i think it's seven games 24 percent of their total team yards is from Lamar Jackson running. Wow. Uh, just to, to give some context, the league average for just team rushing is 31% of, of their team's offense. So he's it, almost at that level, not quite, but he's in that ballpark. And then for Baltimore, their rushing offense, so the, I just told you, the league average, 31%. Baltimore's? is 48% of their total offensive yards. Wow. And Lamar's gained half of that. And I just wonder, is this sustainable? And I watched that last game against Seattle, and I had Seattle at power five, so I kind of thought, I think good teams are going to be able to kind of like figure this out. I was watching that game, and they didn't do it necessarily a bad job. They really had him kind of dead to rights in a few spots, but he was so good. And he's so athletic that he would just kind of get out of these situations and turn what maybe was a, you know, a no gain or maybe even a loss, not just into a positive game, but into like a 30, 40 yard run. And it would completely flip the complexion of a drive or in the entire game in some senses. And it was it was fascinating to watch. And I, I just don't know. I, I wonder if it's sustainable. I definitely don't think it's sustainable over a like career or like, you know, right. four years. But for a year, I don't know. He's that good at it. Maybe it is. And, and so I, I, that's just kind of the way I, I think about this Baltimore team. I think it's going to be – I'm so excited to just watch this matchup because um, this is really the only threat that the Patriots will have faced at, from an opposing quarterback, whether it's throwing or passing. I mean, Josh Allen's the, the next best quarterback they face. So – this is going to be the best uh, quarterback they've faced all season. And uh, I 
I just tend to think that Belichick is going to figure out. <laughs> You're an idiot. He's gonna. He's he's gonna figure out how to kind of use those linemen and, and kind of build that fence around him, and it's just a matter if they can execute it. So. I'm on the Patriots minus three and a half, and it's 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 kind of a bell sheet play. So I'll, I'll let you go. Yeah, I, I, well, back to your sustainability question. I think the NFL has, has shown that it's not sustainable career, like you said. I don't even know if we have a great example where it's sustainable over an entire season. Kaepernick. I was. Yeah. Fair. Um, okay, so it is over a season. Um, but only that helps him against New England, right? It's week nine. It's the same approach the first eight weeks for me. I think this is going to be fun to watch, but there's still no real hot take here. It's just bet New England all day, every day. Don't be a fool. Don't be a tough guy. New England minus three and a half. Also, do you live in like a high crime area? Every week we do this, there's a siren that pops in the background. I live in, down, I live in downtown I, near the police station and near the I, fire I know station. Where you live. I know where you live. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I, I it's popping. Halloween's popping down there. Oh, uh, there's some Halloween. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into what was going on down here, but uh, let's just say, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of Halloween. All right, so um, yeah, Patriots uh, minus three and a half, and I, and I will say too, like Brady, I think for even their offense too, he's looked, um, you know, every day of 42 or 43 that he is a couple times this year. And, I know it's the regular season. I, I almost wonder if he's like saving himself in some ways. Well, or, no, I mean he he said it right. I think he said it this week. Like, hey, we gotta be better. The offense gotta be better. Defense been carrying it. I mean, he's challenged. He's challenged himself, and he's challenged the, they, the offensive they have, unit. To they get have better. not been very good offensively. Yeah, we'll be fine. Okay. Well, I, I think this is gonna be again by far the toughest spot for the Patriots to be into, but I think they relish these situations. So, uh, yes, Patriots minus three and a half. Let's go to MNF, and we have the Dallas Cowboys minus seven traveling to the New York Giants. And this is where I want to bring up my fantasy team. You were talking to criticize me for not selling necessarily, but our deadline is not until next week. So I still have a week to correct that if I choose to do so. But let's say I win, I could be buyers like like the Giants. The Giants are trying to stay in this thing because because they, they built they're playing for this year. Do you realize that they made a trade this week for Leonard Williams, who was a big candidate, like one of one of those big rumored trade block guys, defensive lineman for the Jets, who's been eh, maybe a little bit disappointing on his rookie contract uh been good but maybe not lived up to every all the potential he was supposed to have so i, I want to jump in here real quick with a question yeah. for you so yeah more more delusional <laughs> you win this week thinking you have a chance to making the playoffs and becoming a buyer the giants doing what you just said or Michigan fans believing that one win over Notre Dame on a sloppy night sets their <laughs> back and, and validates everything Harbaugh's ever done. Well, look, look the, the Michigan Michigan is the bar for delusion, so I'm going to kind of like get them out of there. It's the Giants because <laughs> this, this is real life, and these like these people are making money, and these are like professionals. Like where Michigan is just like a bunch of dumb fans. Like this is Dave Gettleman. This is a real guy who's like, no, we're doing this. We're going to trade a third and a fifth round pick for a guy who's a free agent. 
He's not going to resign there. Like, even if he does, like, what are you doing? You're, it, it, it is beyond any sort of logic or rationale. It's, it is insane uh, behavior. So it's Dave Gettleman. It's the Giants. They rival the Lions um, as embarrassing in their front office. So uh, I can't even form a cute question around how bad and how stupid that is. So, look, Dak, this is Dallas, minus seven. They're going for the season sweep. It's going to make it six straight over the GM for Dak and the boys. So um, I'm Dallas, minus seven. I'm not really going to uh, have a whole lot of uh, things to say about this game. I'll let you go. Same. I think the the high-level statistics here speak for themselves. The, The Dallas offense is pretty efficient. The New York Giants defense sucks. Uh, and then same thing on the other side of the ball. The Giants offense is okay. They can make some big plays, but the Dallas defense is, is good enough to slow them down. It's, it's Dallas minus seven. Um, actually, this one's going to get real ugly. Yeah. No, I, I Nothing would surprise me, but, uh, yeah, D- Dak has kind of owned the Giants over the last uh, few. So I'm going to keep it going. Let's bring us to the moment of truth where we're vowing to improve in getting back to a 500 and above 500 record here eventually in our power five selections to sustain what has happened over the last two years. Uh, would you like to start? Yeah, sure. I'll run, I'll run them down real quick. Uh, I've got, I'm going to go five favorites here this week, which is always dangerous, but I just <laughs> feel like I'm, I feel like I'm seeing the board slow, so clearly this week that I'm, just, I'm feeling it. <laughs> Uh, Philly minus five, Carolina minus three and a half, Seattle minus six, Green Bay minus three and a half, New England minus three and a half. Those are your, those are your power five winners right there, boys and girls. So I have Philly, Carolina, Seattle, New England, and Green Bay. Yeah. All right. We have New England, Green Bay as well. Um, I'm on those as well. I am Minnesota plus two. Uh, we, I think, conflicted. I have Tampa plus six. Crab, Crab Legs is in the Power Five. And then, at least for this week, Doctor, the hype is real. Browns, oh. minus three and a half. You're going to regret that one. <laughs> I regret a lot of things. So I know, but that's just I can't believe that can makes its way in the Power Five. I mean, they hey. are, there's so much... Like there's no certainty there. Okay, with the certainty, get, don't, let's no, not. I just mean with team performance. That's what I'm saying. Like I know there's a lot of ups and downs with on these team performances. Um, they, but you know, the, you kind of, at the very least, they run the ball very well, and they have a, a solid defense. I think against a backup quarterback who has zero experience on really not a very good team to begin with. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Hey Baker, just don't turn it over four times. It'll be fine. Well, him and crab legs leave the league. Go give it a shot. Yeah, I, I good know. Luck, good luck out there. I oh my oh my. Now I just realized I have him and crab legs in there. Oh no. <laughs> All right. That's the oh, shit. That's bad. That's but, bad. I just I just realized that. Oh no. Well, hey, tell you what. So I'll tell you what. I'm going. Every every book in the world is has is buying. They're buying crab bibs. They're they're they got it all going. So. Um, we need it together. All right. Uh, that does it for the picks, for the Power Five. Uh, Doctor, any parting shots here? 
Oh, not really. Just it's another good, another good session. Um, we got through on Halloween night. That's great. Just enjoying Halloween. <laughs> just taking it all in. It was so fun handing out candy, and I just I live for that stuff. Yeah, I know. I know you love it, man. I do too. Uh, all right, hey, uh, this was great. We will be back next week, of course. And uh, thank God, Michigan State is not playing this weekend. Go green. Go green. <laughs> Michigan State, what a disaster right now. Dark days for uh, Smart Nation, but uh, we'll see where it goes. I want to uh, finish with uh, another lesson, because the first one was about our feelings, and this is kind of feelings as well. Um, but maybe more instinctual, maybe more intuition. And it's about surrounding yourself with the right people. And I've been very specific about this from a very early age, and very careful, and it has served me so well. I am so lucky to have a incredible group of friends and family that are so supportive of everything I do. The biggest reason I bring this up right now is that the person who provided the logo for this podcast had a serious medical procedure this week and it wouldn't be possible for this thing to be happening without him and uh, you know whether it's the doctor or anyone that you've heard on this whether it's uh, Kyle from Fake Pigskin or uh, my brother Michael who's come on with the net worth game uh, these are the right people and so is my uncle who provided me some very nice professional services when he did not have to. That's the right type of person to be around. So that's the lesson. Your feelings mean nothing. The Carolina Panthers were the worst pick ever. And surround yourself with the right people. They will make you better. In turn, you will make each other better. Works both ways. I promise you. This is Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports bot hookup. Week 10 college football. Week 9 NFL. We're at the midway points. Oh, I love it. It's so exciting. DSRR, download, subscribe, rate, review, at Sports Pod Hookup, Instagram, Twitter, and good luck, everyone. We will see you next week.